And when you can build trust with people who are difficult to work with, you become such a valuable asset to your organization. You chose to be that person and therefore you took it upon yourself to solve the situation. If I stop making this about the frustration and I stop making this about how annoying it is and I start making this about my career and my reputation and my next level leadership and how I'm gonna show people what I can do, how do I wanna work through this? Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here, and now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm really excited that you're here. If you're new here, welcome to The Art of Speaking Up. I'm Jess, and I've been hosting this podcast since 2018, which is nuts. That feels so wild to me. And I had a very successful career in the corporate space, in the nine-to-five space, and now I am a career coach for women in the nine-to-five space, and I help women build confidence and find their voice and secure promotions and create the career that they dream of and become the woman that they dream of. It's really all about becoming that next version of you and getting to have that career that that next more confident version of you is willing and able to create. That is the work that I do, and I love it so much. And today... So (laughs) today I'm talking about how to deal with difficult coworkers, and this is such a complicated topic, and I've had this topic in mind forever. I've wanted to do a podcast episode on this for so long, and I haven't because of the complexity of it, because of all of the different topics that I talk about, communication skills, confidence, all of the different things. This one is by far the most complicated, by far the most nuanced, and I really want to do it justice. So like I say often, this probably will not be the first time that I am talking about a topic in multiple episodes, so you will hear me talk about this topic probably more as the show goes on, but I'm really excited to delve into it today, especially because there's a really strong tie-in between how you navigate challenging coworkers and your growth as a leader and your confidence. They are very closely connected. And I think sometimes when we're like in the rage and fury that is often caused by a difficult coworker, we we forget that. We don't recognize that. We don't see it as the opportunity that it is for us to grow and for us to rise to the occasion. And so I'm really excited to talk to you about that. Before I dive in, If you're new here, a couple of places where you can get more involved with the show. Number one is the private Facebook group, The Art of Speaking Up. I do mini trainings in there about once a week. You can meet other women who listen to the show. You can get help. You can get support. I believe being around other humans and being in community and with other humans is the fastest, most nurturing, best way to grow. So come join us in the Facebook group. And if you'd like deeper content when it comes to finding your voice and speaking up confidently and powerfully in meetings, check out my free three-part video course, Speak Like a CEO, where I walk you through the three keys of executive presence. And I explain to you how to communicate in a room 
in a way that will help you land as very authoritative and as someone who really knows your stuff and knows what you're doing. It is totally free and you will get to watch me teach you about executive presence and drink wine because wine plays a pretty big role in the course. And when you watch it, you'll see what I mean. It'll all make sense when you watch it. But you can grab that on my website just by going to jessguzzitcoaching.com slash free resources. And now let's talk about difficult coworkers. Before I dive into this and like before I get really deeply into this, what I want to first do is define what I mean by difficult coworker, because this is a nuanced topic. And depending on how we define what a difficult coworker is, the approach might be different. So one thing that I want to be really clear about is that when I talk about a difficult coworker, I am not talking about a disrespectful coworker. I am not talking about an abusive coworker because yes, that is a thing, unfortunately, that is out there. I am not talking about someone who is crossing the line in terms of their behavior and in terms of how they are treating the people around them. I wanna be really, really clear that everything I'm sharing in this episode is not for people like that. I think when people's behavior crosses a line, they need to either stop doing the behavior or they need to leave. <laughs> like, I think it's like really, really simple. We don't need a podcast episode for that, right? When I say difficult coworker, what I'm talking about here are people in your work environment who are challenging to collaborate with, people who you need to work with, but who are difficult to work with. And they might be difficult to work with maybe because they're very protective of their team's time and their team's resources. Maybe they're very protective of their time. Maybe collaborating is not one of their strengths. Maybe they have imposter syndrome and they're a little bit afraid and insecure about that. So they're like very close to the vest and like buttoned up and hush hush and they don't love working with other people and other teams. And sometimes it's not even that the person is difficult. It's that the collaboration is inherently difficult. So if you're working with a person or a team that has a lot of different priorities and a lot of complexity in what they do, and then you have to work with them, they could be the most awesome collaborative people in the world, and it still might feel difficult to work with them. So I'm really talking about a situation where you need to collaborate with someone to get something done, which happens all the time but there's friction. They are not cooperating. They're not giving you things by the deadlines that you need them. Things feel harder than they need to be. And what I see happen, and by the way, I am totally guilty of this. So when I call these things out, I am not above this stuff. I did this all the time. But when these things happen, we tend to just get really angry at the person, or at least I've seen this in this community, and this is something I know that I've done. We tend to get really angry at the person and frustrated and we tend to get like really wrapped up in our own frustrations and I kind of think about it as like swimming in a little pool of our own feelings of being annoyed right we just like swim in the pool of being annoyed and we're annoyed and they're annoying and we don't like it and I think the problem with this approach is that we miss the opportunity to see the situation as one where you, where we, but more you, can demonstrate exemplary leadership skills. I got to a point in my career where whenever there was a difficult person or a very sticky collaboration situation, I reached a point in my career 
where I would proactively go pursue those things. Like if there was a difficult person or a difficult team or a sticky project that was like really nutty and like really going to be difficult and painful, I would go towards those things because I had realized that those were places to demonstrate and prove my leadership capabilities. And as a result, a huge part of my professional reputation, what I became known for, is being a really strong collaborator who can go into these situations and somehow like make magic out of something really, really messy. And that served me really, really well. And I want to do this episode so that you can think a little bit about your professional reputation and your leadership skills and the growth of your leadership skills and make a conscious decision about how you want to approach these difficult coworker situations. Here's what I want to say to you about this. Working with people and teams and on projects that are sticky and annoying and difficult requires more energy and is more draining (laughs) than working with people and teams that are seamless and smooth and easy. It's a bigger investment in energy. It's harder. It is also a much bigger demonstration of sophisticated leadership skills. So when you are working with someone difficult, with a team that's difficult, on a thing that's very complicated and messy, where there's like a little bit of tension and like a little bit of heads butting, when you're working on something like that, You have way more opportunity to prove your leadership skills and show people what you can do than when you're on a project that's really easy and really smooth. So just notice if your mind gets really excited when things are really, really simple and easy and really frustrated when things are hard and sticky or you're working with someone and they're not cooperating with you. I'm not saying that it's fun to be in that situation. But I am saying that as you become a leader and as you move past middle management and as you become an executive, What matters way more than any other skill you will ever build is your ability to navigate all of the people stuff. The people stuff and managing personalities and managing stakeholders and being able to get things over the line regardless of who's involved. If you get really good at that, an entire world of possibilities and world of big, exciting, powerful, influential roles in the corporate space will open up to you. But if that's not something that you have an appetite for, it is going to limit you, in my opinion, because what distinguishes people who tend to move into these higher levels of management, it's not always their technical skills and competence in their roles. Have you ever worked with a leader and been like, hmm, are they really that good at at the thing? And it's like, They don't have to be because they have a whole team of people to do it for them. What they need to be good at is managing across the organization and getting other people on board so that they can push initiatives through and get initiatives over the line. And I think this is a choice that you should make, like a conscious choice. Do you want to cultivate this leadership skill of being able to get things over the line regardless of the personalities involved? And do you want to put your emotional energy into cultivating that skill? Everyone has their own answer. I chose to do that in my career because it became a huge differentiator for me and it really helped me grow and evolve and get ahead professionally. But only you can decide that. But once you make that decision, and if you do decide that this is a skill that you want to cultivate and develop, then you got to commit to cultivating it and developing it, which means that when you have a difficult situation, a difficult coworker, something that feels really hard, where there's friction, 
or some tension or maybe even a little bit of conflict, it means that you become the person who's responsible and who's going to be the catalyst and driver for navigating through that conflict. You are taking that on as a way to differentiate yourself. And again, whenever I saw a place where things were a mess or people were annoyed at each other or like th- like people were getting heated or whatever, I would go towards it because I, I actually trusted that I could navigate it. I just have a very inherent knowing of like how to move through these things. So I would actually go closer to those things rather than farther away from them. Now I'm human and this doesn't mean that I didn't get like really annoyed and exhausted. And I had so many times where I like threw myself into really complicated, messy situations and would like I would like leave the office and be like, I need ice cream and Taco Bell right now. That happened a lot, but it was worth it for me because I built so much maturity, so many leadership skills. And when you can build trust with people who are difficult to work with, you become such a valuable asset to your organization, because I want you to think about it, right? Let's say there's someone in a company who's really difficult to work with, who like everyone tries to cooperate with them and it never works, right? This person is so difficult, they won't cooperate with anyone, right? Let's say that's true. It doesn't matter how skilled someone is, right? If they can't cooperate with that human, they can't cooperate with that human. So what you can think about is like, skills can become commodities. Anyone can go out and build skills But relationships and the ability to work with people in that way, even if they are difficult, when you become the only person in the organization who knows how to work with that other difficult person, you become invaluable. And that organization needs to make sure not to get rid of you. They need to make sure you stay because if you leave, they can't just hire someone out of the job market who's going to be able to work with that difficult person. So then what happens? You start getting promoted. They start trying to retain you. They start paying you more. They start asking you what you want. You might get a retention bonus, which is just a big chunk of money where they're like, hey, we're just giving you this money so that you don't leave in the next one to two years. These kinds of things happen often not because of skills, but because of the unique relationships that you build. And when you build those relationships, it propels your career forward. And when there's someone in an organization who's challenging or difficult to work with, and you are able to figure out how to do that, then you become more valuable to the organization because that person is difficult and because you're probably one of the few people who have figured out how to navigate that situation. Here's how I want you to think about this. Here's how I think about this. This is a really fun analogy to think through this. So the way that I want you to imagine this is I want you to imagine that you have a cooking show and that you are like a TV star like Giada or Pioneer Woman or I haven't watched a cooking show in so long. Oh, Ina Garten. I love Ina Garten, right? But just imagine you're a famous chef. It's not chef, a famous cooking show star. I don't know what the word is, but you have a cooking show. And here's what I want you to think about. When you are making your recipe on a cooking show, you have all these little bowls of food, like they take the ingredients and they chop it up beforehand so that when you're putting all of the food together and making the recipe, you just have like those little bowls of like a bowl of chopped onion and a bowl of chopped peppers and you just combine it all together, right? Uh, It's called the mise en place. That's when all of the food has been prepared and all of the chopping has been done and it's ready to now like combine into the bowl or put it in the pan or whatever. So here's what I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine that you're on set filming 
live for your cooking show and you're in this kitchen and there's a counter in front of you and you have all of your mise en place, like all of these bowls of food in front of you and the cameras start rolling and you start talking to the audience and let's say you're making a pasta, like you're sauteing some kind of like pasta with vegetables in a frying pan and you start talking to your audience and telling them like you're gonna make this pasta recipe and you start adding in the mise en place. So like you put in some onions, you put in some mushrooms, right? And you're making the pasta and you're engaging with the camera and you're doing your cooking show. Cameras are rolling live. Now what I want you to imagine is you get to a point in filming where you've put all of the ingredients into the pan and there's just one ingredient left. Let's just say the last ingredient that you are gonna add to the pan is artichoke hearts. I love artichoke hearts. Let's say that's the last ingredient. And you notice while you are filming live that one of your producers did not open the jar of artichoke hearts and put them in a bowl. They just put the jar out on the counter and they were supposed to take the artichoke hearts out of the jar and put them in a bowl so that while you are filming live and having to worry about like being on the show and being in front of the camera so that while you're filming live, you just have to grab this bowl of artichoke hearts and dump it into the pan as part of your recipe. So you're filming live and you see this jar and in your head, all of a sudden you realize that one of the producers made a mistake. They forgot to open up the jar and put it in a bowl. Now you are filming live and you have to decide what you want to do about this situation, right? So one option that you could do is you could pick up the jar and get super angry about it and be like, I cannot believe that someone forgot to open this jar. And you could bang it against the counter trying to get it open and be super angry and frustrated about it. Or you could think in your mind, okay, this is frustrating, this is annoying, but I am live on camera. The cameras are rolling, people are watching, and as part of what I do, being this famous chef, I have a brand and I have values and I have a reputation that is really important to me. And even though the producer on this set was supposed to open up this jar, and even though they did make a mistake, and it would be a lot easier and a lot smoother if they had done what they were supposed to do and opened up the jar. And even though I do feel angry and frustrated about that, I'm live and the cameras are rolling and people are watching. And based on what I do with this jar and how I react to this situation, they're going to form judgments and thoughts and opinions about me. And so what you decide to do is you pick up the jar you notice it's very hard to get the jar open and you laugh about it and you laugh to the audience and you say, sometimes these jars are just so stubborn and you teach your audience a couple of tricks for opening a stubborn jar and you run it under hot water and you use a little can opener to like pop it open and then you twist it open and dump in the artichoke hearts and you make it a special moment where you're like, and that's what you do with a stubborn jar of artichoke hearts. Now, were you frustrated that this jar was not opened? Yes. Did it make your job significantly harder and more stressful as you were rolling live on camera to not have this jar open? Yes. Did someone make a mistake? Yes. Did you do all the right things? Yes. 
all of these things are true, and yet you chose to show up in that moment as a leader and create a solution out of that situation. And when people watch that on the show, they're going to think something very, very different than what they'd think if you picked up the jar and said, my producer should have opened up this jar. This is not supposed to be here. And if you got frustrated and threw it against the wall. And I know that all of you listening, you have such beautiful collaboration skills. So I know that you're not going to show up and be really critical and say something like that. You're not going to accuse someone of not doing their job. But the reason that I'm using this as an example is because mentally, when you stay in the story that this person is doing it wrong and they're difficult and they shouldn't have left the jar there, they should have opened the jar, they, they're making my life harder. When you are in that energy, you are not in the energy of a leader. You are not demonstrating next level collaboration skills. You are in the energy of the problem. And I'm not saying that it's not frustrating. And I'm not saying that after the cameras are down, you might go over to the producer and say, hey, I noticed there was a jar of artichoke hearts that wasn't open. Next time, can you make sure that everything is prepared? I'm not saying that you can't do that. But what I am saying is that you need to make a choice in the moment that the cameras are rolling. So in the moment that you're working on your project, in the moment that you're in the meeting, right? Like, just like the cameras are rolling in this analogy, the cameras are rolling on your career. There is pressure. You have deadlines. Things need to move forward. And people are watching you and they're watching how you interact. And just like you made that choice with those cameras rolling, that you were going to move towards solutions and be the leader in that situation and be the person who figured out what to do about it, just like you would do that on that show to be hopefully in alignment with your values and to be someone hopefully who projects a really powerful, I don't love the word brand, but we'll just use it here because it's helpful, but someone who projects a really powerful brand to the outside world. You chose to be that person and therefore you took it upon yourself to solve the situation, right? To navigate the frustration that you felt in that moment, to not let it ruin the filming of your show, to find a way to take this problem, this stupid jar that won't open, that is so frustrating, to find a way to make it part of your show, to get it open, to smile at your audience, to create a moment for them. This is what leaders do. So becoming a leader, moving up, advancing, getting those bigger roles, Part of how you earn that and part of why you get to have those roles is because you've showed people that you can do this. You've showed people that you can get on the cooking show set and the set can be a mess. It can be a hot mess. Like in my example, there was only one thing wrong, but you show people that you can get on any cooking show set. It could be totally messy and not prepped perfectly and you will make sense of it and you will make it work. When you become that person, Everyone wants to cast you on their cooking show because they're like, no matter what happens, she's going to be able to handle it. No matter what happens, I know when the cameras are rolling and we're live, I'm not worried about what she's going to do or how she's going to react when things get a little bit sticky or when she realizes that someone has made a mistake. That is the reputation that you want to build. And that reputation comes from how you engage with problems and in this situation and in this episode, how you engage with challenging coworkers. 
So I really want you to think about this. If your career was a cooking show, and if you know that in one in every 10 episodes or one in every five episodes that you film, something is gonna go wrong. There's going to be something that wasn't prepared correctly. There's gonna be something that's not the way it's supposed to be, right? That's just going to happen because humans are humans and humans are complicated and mistakes and conflict and problems are going to happen. I want you to decide when that happens on my cooking show, when cameras are rolling, when I am live and everyone is watching how I engage with the problem and how I deal with this thing that is difficult, with this barrier, with this thing that is frustrating, what do I want people to observe me doing? What do I want to be doing and what do I want people to think of me? The choice that I made was I want people to think that I can go into any messy situation. You could give me the messiest set with like stuff everywhere, not a problem, I'm gonna clean it up. That's the reputation I wanted to have because for me, I saw how much value that was able to create and I saw that that was going to be one of the things that propelled me forward. And so what I want you to think about is what kind of reputation do you want to have and how does that require you to take responsibility for the dynamic with a difficult coworker. Now again, this doesn't mean that you can't give people feedback. It doesn't mean that you can't ask people to cooperate with you. It doesn't mean that if someone's being, like I said, disrespectful or crossing a line, that that's something that you're responsible for fixing. But what I am saying is that the only way for you to get credit for being that powerful collaborator, being that cooking show star that everyone wants to cast on their set, the only way for you to get credit for that and to build that reputation is to take responsibility every time there is a difficult coworker and ask yourself, how can I move this forward and how can I bring this to resolution? If I stop making this about the frustration and I stop making this about how annoying it is and I start making this about my career and my reputation and my next level leadership and how I'm going to show people what I can do, how do I want to work through this? And that is your decision and only you can make that decision. But the more that you can remove yourself from the immediate dynamic and see it as an opportunity to demonstrate leadership skills, the more choice you're going to feel like you have in that situation. And listen, (laughs) humans are really hard to work with. It is really hard to be filming a live cooking show and have a jar that won't open while you're like the clock is ticking and you're supposed to be cooking this recipe for like bajillions of people who are watching in your audience. It's hard. It's stressful. And the same is true for difficult coworkers. And the same is true for those frictions that come up with difficult coworkers. I'm not saying that it's easy, but I am saying that many people problems and people conflicts, not all, but many people problems can be solved. And if you see yourself as an agent to solve the ones that are solvable, you will show up in those dynamics so differently. You will stop feeling victimized by this person's difficult behavior and you will start feeling empowered to show up as a leader and be an adult who can lead this person and lead this project through this difficult, treacherous time. 
Only you can decide to do it, and it's a shift in perspective and a shift of how you see yourself from just being a worker bee who's there to execute to being a bold, powerful leader who shows up and works through everything, including the people problems and frictions, who sees those as part of her job. When you see them as part of the job, then you solve them. And when you solve them, you become the person who has the reputation of being irreplaceable. So for this week, I just want you to think about this cooking show of yours that is your professional reputation and the fact that you are going to have days of filming that are going to feel really annoying and messy and you are going to be so mad at your crew for not setting things up correctly. But how do you want to handle it when the cameras are rolling, right? How do you want people to be thinking about you based on how you tackle the situation and move forward and handle your coworker situations from that perspective. Most people's situations can be improved by strengthening your relationship with the person who is appearing to be difficult, by being genuine and sincere with that person, and also by being firm yet kind and respectful in terms of your expectations and boundaries. These are all things that you need to know how to do to lead at a bigger scale anyway, so why not practice these things in this situation that feels hard? And again, I'm not saying that we have to tolerate bad behavior or disrespect, and I'm not saying that it's our fault when someone is being difficult. All I am saying is that if you, you and we and us, you want to enhance your leadership skills, the ability to work through people frictions and navigate them and still get the result that you were asked to create is part of the skill set. And there are no leadership roles out there that you will find where there are zero people conflicts and zero difficult situations and zero headaches and zero clusterfucks, right? Like that's why you're getting paid the big bucks. That's why you're in the big role because you are willing and able to step up for those situations. And let me tell you, it is so satisfying to develop this skill. And it is so satisfying to know that no matter how much friction there is, how much pushback there is, how stubborn people are, you feel confident in your ability to navigate it. It is going to be a game changer, especially as you get into bigger and bigger and more senior positions. So that closes out today's episode. I hope that you found this helpful. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to link the Facebook group below. I'm going to link my free three-part video course on executive presence below. It's called Speak Like a CEO. And if you are interested in working with me one-on-one and you want my personalized support when it comes to your career progression and your confidence and your voice, you can learn more by going to my website at jessgazicoaching.com slash coaching. I will link that below. And please feel free to send me an email, jessica at theartofspeakingup.com, if you are interested in me coming to speak at your company or do a workshop with either your team or maybe the women's group at your company. I've been doing a lot of those and having so much fun. Or if you're interested in corporate coaching, let me know. I am offering that as of now, and I feel so grateful to have you here. I'm sending you lots of love if you're dealing with a difficult coworker. And this episode might not have been what you expected. And, you know, I, I think we do have to push ourselves to take more responsibility if that is the leader that we want to become. It's always a choice, right? If you are content with where you are and you don't want a super large scale management or leadership or executive role in the future, 
I don't think that this skill is as important. This skill becomes important when you decide that you really want to be elevating in an organization. It becomes a skill that you have to have. And so using these tough situations to build it is going to give you so much and put you so ahead of the game when you get promoted into a bigger position and suddenly a lot more of your job becomes about collaborating with other people and relationships and stakeholder management. You will feel so much better and so much more comfortable in that new bigger role having practiced doing it now. So I hope you can put this into practice. I hope you can get to work. See the show notes for all of my contact info. Have the most beautiful week ever and I will catch you next week. Bye.